Welcome to the U.S. Fire Journal Podcast. We offer views and opinions on the fire service around the world with no topic too tough to handle. Visit us at usfirejournal.com for all your fire service information. Now, here's your host, Jay. Good afternoon and welcome into the podcast. I am Jay. Today is May the 12th. It is 2022. A lot to talk about today. And uh, just so you're aware, doing a podcast late this afternoon and uh, we'll have one also tomorrow, which will be a special questions and answers. Lots and lots of questions. I've tried to pare it down to, oh, eight or ten good ones or what I think are good ones anyway. But today, a lot of, again, a lot to talk about. You know, much of the country is starting to transition to warmer weather. Now, we talked back in the winter, at the start of winter, how it's important to stay hydrated even during winter time. Sometimes, especially during winter time, um, we tend to, uh, some of us tend to drink less. Excuse me. <coughs> I'm not going to cut that out. So that's a real cough, real time. You heard it first, but. There are, uh, it's important to stay hydrated, especially uh, firefighters. It's, it's vital that you stay hydrated. And, and of course, now we're getting into warmer weather. Um, you go on calls, and uh, before you know it, you are sweated out. I mean, you're, you're dehydrated. And uh, it happens to firefighters. Um, it happens quite a bit, actually. And I would hazard a guess that far more firefighters are dehydrated when they go home and not aware of it uh, than we would think. I'm confident in saying that. So make sure you're staying hydrated out there. Uh, It's vital. It really is. You know, I've had pumping on my mind quite a bit lately, fire ground pumping. And there are a couple different kinds of of pumping, right? there's, There's pumping that you do if you're you're out training, uh, vital stuff. There's uh, pumping you do maybe for a test or, or something like that. And then there's the fire ground. And in the, on the fire ground, the most important thing about fire ground pumping is, is making sure you're doing it correctly, right? And by that, I don't mean that you're necessarily following steps one through 40 in a 40-step process, but that you maintain a steady uh, supply of water. And so I I came up with four things that that I think are essential for any pump operator, veteran, uh, new, whatever the case may be. Number one is this. You want to be quick. Now, when I say quick, what do I mean? Move with a purpose. Um, There's a fire. You already know that. Um, Get off the truck. Make sure that your hose is out or whatever evolution you're having to do at that particular point. Be quick. Quick doesn't mean in a rush, doesn't mean running unless it absolutely calls for it. But be quick. Secondly, be efficient. Third, be steady. Quick, efficient, steady. Pumping efficiently means that during the entire evolution of pumping that you are going to have an economy of effort. This allows you to, to, uh, to be ready for anything that happens. Just because you can run around looking as though um, you're the last person to learn about a cell at Chick-fil-A doesn't mean that you should be that person. Look like you know what you're doing. And that's 
easy to do when you actually do know what you're doing. So quick, efficient, and steady. That's number one, those three things. Number two, and this is something I don't think is taught in most places, and that's being aware of your surroundings, <clears throat> you know, listening to noise. Um, people often say that, you know, well, how do you know if you're cavitating? My friend, if you do it, you'll know it. Why? Your ears will, t will tell you. They will. Learn how the engine sounds. If you're pumping engine, you know, 27, learn how engine 27 sounds when you're driving, when you're idling, whatever. And then pump and listen to how it sounds when you're pumping. You know, every engine makes, makes more noise, less noise, and there are little creaks and things in there that you might not uh, necessarily pick up on. But noise tells you a lot about how a pumping evolution is going, if you just think about it. Also, where are the surroundings? What time is it? Now, we talk about that in the size up and leaving the station. What time is it? But here, I'm, I'm mainly talking about being aware of your surroundings, the elapsed time. You know, if, if you've pumped at a few fires, you probably know that sometimes you're pumping and you're like, gosh, I, you know, I bet we've been out here 20, 30 minutes, and you've actually been out there an hour and 45 minutes. That's how time works. So be aware of the time. You know, um, how long have you been pumping? You know, when should I start checking fuel? There's one for people. Uh, most people don't really think about that, but that's time. That's an awareness of all your gauges. It's an awareness of, of everything that's going on. You know, and you do that with number three. Constantly check your pump panel. I know the set and forget crowd out there. Well, I'm so good, I could set it and forget it. Right, you could. And you're just as smart as people who get up in a plane, set the autopilot on, go back, and sleep in the back. Yeah, you're not very bright, but if that's what you do, have at it. Here, I'm talking to the pros. Check your pump panel. It's there for a reason. You know, they, they put a pump panel on there for a specific reason. And there have been massive upgrades to pump panels over the years. Most of the information you need to know is there. It reasons, it stands to reason, that you would check it. I don't mean stare at it for an hour. That's not what I mean. You have to move around, you have to do things. But come back to that pump panel and see what's going on. You combine that with the awareness of your surroundings and being quick, efficient, and steady, and uh, yeah, you're gonna be a good pump operator. And number four, this might seem minor to some people, but know what's gone from your rig. There you are. You're first due and you're pumping away. And after the, you know, after uh, the fire's been knocked down, uh, maybe you're, you're dropping off your supply line now, you're, you know, you no longer need it, you've topped your tank off, you go look in the compartments and there's nothing in there, right? I have to be honest. I was, in one department I was involved with, I was a member of, that was a cardinal sin. If somebody took something off your truck, they came and told you. Most of us kept a little notepad, which I always kept it. I knew what was supposed to be on my truck and I knew what had been taken. This is important. Again, might seem like something minor, but when equipment goes missing, something's broken, something doesn't get returned, whatever the case may be, at least you know what was gone. 
there's a few things worse than getting back to the station and then going home and, you know, getting a phone call. Hey, what'd you do with the doohickey? Uh, the doohickey? I don't know. Well, it's not here. Oh, well, that's not a good thing. So again, know what's gone from your truck. So let me repeat those four real quick. Number one, be quick, efficient, steady. That's number one. Number two, be aware of surroundings, noise, time elapsed. Um, you know, anything that, that, that clues you into what's going on through your various senses, eyes, ears, smell, whatever. Three, check your pump panel. Again, there for a reason. Number four, know what's gone from your truck. Have you ever had a conversation with someone and that person talks for four and a half hours but doesn't really say anything? It's just like word vomit, diarrhea of the mouth. You know, you're like, yeah, there are words coming out, none of it makes sense. Well, when it happens, somebody asked me um, about maybe a week ago. Um, the guy asked me, he said, hey, he said, how do you know someone really knows what they're talking about in the fire service, and how do you know they're full of crap? And I'm like, it's not hard. I mean, it isn't. I think if you're, the more you're around the fire service, you understand that, that some people talk, uh, and they talk to be heard. They don't talk to educate. Uh, they don't talk to exchange a communication. Uh, they, they talk to be heard. And I told him, I said, you know, I said, I have my way of, 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 realize, of realizing who's full of crap and doesn't know half of what they're saying. Um, but I, I think it's important to remember this. Every human being, um, every single one of us, uh, we have our strengths and weaknesses. And sometimes a person's core weakness um, is your strength. Um, I think that the best thing to do in all of that is to try to understand where that person's coming from. Why do they feel the need to spit out things that, that may or may not be true? Why do they feel the need uh, to be considered an authority? It's obvious in some way, shape, or form they're missing something somewhere. Uh, I'm not going to get into to uh, psychologically evaluating these people. But what I will say is that, that the overwhelming majority of people just want to belong. You've met people who just want to be a firefighter, and that's a great thing. Um, but one of the things I think you do have to take into account is that we're all different. And being able to uh, understand and work with different people is a hallmark of, of maturity. Now, it doesn't mean that the person doesn't need to change. I know we, we live in a society now where everybody's supposed to be exactly what they want to be, and that's fine. But when you're working within the framework of a team, an organization, uh, and especially in firefighting, everybody gives and everybody takes. So there are gives and there are takes. People have to straighten out their deficiencies. Otherwise, you end up with uh, with things that are situations that could end up going really bad. And so it is important. But, but just as a, you know, just as sort of a, an interesting way uh, to think about it is to look at um, 
the person you're talking to and and try to understand from the point they're trying to make or not necessarily the point they're trying to make where they're coming from and then if they don't change yeah then you know you have to go to to other means to to try to to rectify the situation i don't like people who constantly and i understand not friendly but constantly are trying to belittle people um or who talk to everybody about everybody else um i get fed up with it and i i don't hold my tongue very well and so <laughs> Uh, part of my focus is is looking at it and saying, okay, you know, you give the person the benefit of the doubt, and then, well, then you have to do something about it. That can be very ugly. Another question that, or not a question, but a debate a guy and I had, and I can't say it was a debate. We both agreed, but we're talking about you know book book learning versus experience scenario learning, and. My point, and I'd like to make it here, which one's more important? They both are important, okay? What you glean from books, um, from, from classes, from, from studying, from conferences, from just paying attention when you're driving down the road. There's so much fire service knowledge you can gain just by paying attention. That's important. There's also no replacement for experience. There just isn't. You can sit and talk about a fire all day long, but if people aren't experiencing them, they have no idea what you're talking about. They have a theory, you know, and I, I know I've, I've listened to some guys talk about, oh, I've got 20 years on this job and, 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 and I can tell you that in, the, in their department, everything they go to, they burn to the ground, everything they consider it a save. Um, and they're, in one instance, they're just absolutely woeful, just absolutely horrific. But you can't tell them anything because it's as though you're attacking them personally And when it's not that, right? It's looking at it and going, you just don't know what you're talking about. You know, you don't have any experience at it, and the experience you have is bad experience. You know, I had a guy the other day tell me, oh, I got 15 years, yeah, but if it's all been bad experience, if it's all been bad stuff, you don't really have any experience. You don't have any experience doing anything the right way, and that's key. Sometimes the difference, though, can be staggering between book and experience. Um, oftentimes, experience, the results are exceptional, except maybe in a written test or, or writing an essay. Um, most people like to learn, uh, but they like to learn any everybody has their their differences some people like to learn books some people like to put their hands on um whatever it is you know you try to whatever strength you have you try to build up the the weakness as well so if you're if you like book learning a lot try the try the hands-on try the scenario learning try confusing people and being confused if you're confused now your brain's trying to work things out when you start figuring out something that's confusing, your brain, it's a big win. When I, whenever I talk scenarios with people, I try, not, I try to avoid the simple. I really do. I don't, think it, I don't think it does you any good. I don't care who you are. You feel triumphant when you overcome something. When, when you are, you're going to be flailing. But you know what? You're flailing, and then you reach, and you suddenly reach a point where you start figuring out what's going on. 
That, my friend, is a huge success. It is. That is empowering. So, my point, it depends on you. It depends on what department you're on. If your department's running, you know, less than 30 fires a year, 20 fires a year, okay. Then you're going to have to do a lot of, of, of on-hands training. You're not going to get a lot of experience. If you're doing over that, you're likely going to get the experience that you need. My debate or conversation with this guy was that one size doesn't fit all. And because one size doesn't fit all, learn to, to, learn to accept both as, as viable means of teaching people and as viable means of learning. Because ultimately, the learning is what it's all about. What do you know? And what do you not know? And how can you fix both, right? You know, because some people, you're learning bad information. You have to be able to balance it. That's going to do it for today. We will be back tomorrow with a question and answer episode. Uh, lots of interesting stuff. Until then, stay safe.